All these things explain why the dream world is bizarre. There's a neurochemistry to it. Let me give you a great example. So have you had that dream, Sean, where you're running and you can't get away? There's this monster chasing yeah. you and your legs are so... All the time, yeah. bloody heavy, right? So it turns out that monster represents your fear and the emotional part of the brain. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. Welcome back to the show, guys. I'm your host as always, Sean Kelly. Got with me a dream expert on the show today, Dr. Balan, Balan Jalal. How's it going? It's going very well. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I'm very excited for this episode. I think dreams have a lot of you know meaning and you can learn a lot from them. So thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So how did you get involved with studying dreams? That's a good question. So when I was a teenager back in uh, Copenhagen, you know, one morning I was, um, I, was uh, I was sleeping and I realized I feel like something is pressing on my chest, mm. you know, while I was sleeping. And then I realized I can actually open my eyes right now and I could sort of see my surroundings. And, uh, but I was asleep at the same time, so I was paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So I, was, I had this paralysis from head to toe, and then suddenly I felt there was a ghost in, in the room with me, <laughs> and it was sort of, I saw my legs flying up and down, and you know, it was this crazy thing, and from there I, I woke up the next day, but I, I felt it was very real. So I had this condition called sleep paralysis, mm -hmm. this terrifying condition that occurs during one of the stages of sleep called REM sleep, mm -hmm. the stage where you have vivid and lifelike dreams. And so I actually had a dream with my eyes open, so to speak. And then from there, I, I sort of uh, did research on, on this condition. And, and I got you know, fascinated with, with dreams and the world of dreams. Wow. I actually had sleep paralysis once. One of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, I, I was getting choked out by, I thought it was like a demon or a ghost or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, it is definitely uh, crazy. You know, um, it is this state where you are trapped between the craziness of dreams, and think about it. I mean, during dreams, everything can happen. Everything is weird. Like, mm -hmm. uh, the whole, the whole the reality is, is messed up. Time, places, people are, are warped. And then you have um, wakefulness colliding with, with the dream world during this condition of sleep paralysis, and you have all these demons and things like that, you know, leaking from the dream world into your, uh, your, your bedroom, so to speak. Right, yeah. yeah. So what exactly causes sleep paralysis? What's causes sleep paralysis? Well, all of us, Sean, uh, are paralyzed during REM sleep. So mm -hmm. during this stage of sleep where we have um, life-like life, life and crisp dreams, uh, our body is clever. It says, look, buddy, let me paralyze you so you can't act out these dreams and hurt yourself and your sleeping partner. So your, your, your brain stem, the lower part of your brain, paralyzes your entire body. Now, so, so during, this, um, during this paralysis, there's a clever, it's a clever trick that the, um, the, 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 the brain uses. But occasionally what occurs is that the uh, frontal or the, the frontal part of the brain, so this part of the brain up here, mm -hmm. is different from the paralysis centers in the back. And occasionally you can have premature awakening occur, so you start waking up. So these centers become active, even though you're still physiologically trapped in REM sleep. So mm. you have all the you know, physiological remnants of REM sleep, the paralysis and all that, but you're, you're waking up at the same time. So you have this collision of these two worlds. And then, of course, because of the REM physiology and the dream world, uh, which is part of the, you know, the whole REM thing, you may start to hallucinate. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yep. And in terms of dreams, mm -hmm. have you found out why we are dreaming? Why we are dreaming? It's a great, great question. So, 
So first of all, um, as I said, there's this REM stage of sleep. So yeah. each night we sort of cycle through different stages of sleep. And, uh, you know, initially we just, uh, our body temperature drops, you know, um, our heart rates become slower. And mm. then we hit something called deep sleep, which is a stage where our brain sort of does uh, housekeeping chores. It cleans our cells. We even have sort of um, something called the lymphatic systems where cerebral spinal fluid, this fluid in the brain that cleans your brain, you have all that going on. But then you hit this interesting dream stage, right? And then the question is, why do we spend, so we spend approximately one third of the night in this REM stage, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's very important, this REM stage, because you have these lifelike dreams. And the question is, why would, why would you know, your, your body go through all this to sort of, um, you know, be in the state of dreaming all, all night instead of cleaning your cells or something like that? It shows you it's very, very important. Like the actual reason for why we dream is unknown, but possibly it could be that it enhance, enhances creativity. That's one possibility. Another possibility is that when you are dreaming in REM sleep, and think about it, you are in this world and you are sort of testing all these concepts, right? Mm -hmm. So you see yourself, you know, Sean on the moon, having tea with the queen, <laughs> you know, wearing a, a, a suit, you know, yeah. and then you're wrestling, wrestling with an alligator at the same time. So all these strange people and concepts and time, everything is warped. So it's almost like your brain is testing various scenarios that are unrelated and sort of seeing how you react to them and how you might sort of um, incorporate some of these, some of these you know, new ideas into your, to your life. Mm. So, so it's kind of like testing new ideas and things that would be you know, impossible in real life. So that's, one so that's one possibility. Second, just from survival reasons, I mean, seeing yourself sort of running in a forest and jumping and sort of, sort of um, be, you, know, you see yourself being chased by a tiger or something like that. And it sort of reinforces or strengthens those neural circuits. So those circuits in your brain that's um, involved in those kind of things become strengthened. It's almost like you have a dress rehearsal for real life. You're practicing, but in your, you don't have to practice by going and being chased by a monster. Mm -hmm. Your brain thinks it, it's real. And that's the, re the reason for that is there's a part of the brain called the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. It's a fancy name for a cluster of neurons up here that you know, makes it so that you do not know that you're dreaming when you're dreaming. You lose your sense of agency, right. okay? And, uh, and so it feels much more real. And so it allows you to be very immersed in this, these scenarios. And you sort of, yeah, you have all this you know, dress rehearsal going on for, for real life. Makes you survive. Right. More likely to survive in the future. That makes sense. Yep. And I know people that are able to lucid dream can mm -hmm. kind of shut that off, right? Mm -hmm. They can realize they're in a dream and start controlling things. Yeah. So... Lucid dreams, in a sense, are similar in the sense that um, think about this frontal part of the brain. It's, it has to do with a sense of agency and, and being aware of yourself and sense of logic, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have this sense of me being me, Balant, I'm here in the, in the wind with, with you, Sean. I'm wearing this clothes. There's a roof. I have these concepts that I put together in a very cohesive, logical, and, and sort of straightforward way. Now, that, a part of the brain that's responsible for building this cohesive um, reality um, sort of shuts down during the, the, the dream uh, world, during mm -hmm. the REM stage of sleep and during the dream world. And so that's why we lose that sense. Now, occasionally, uh, during these lucid dreams, you start gaining a sense of awareness, and that part of the brain shuts, you know, gets active, and you start realizing, realizing, oh my God, I'm actually awake. I'm aware of myself. Right. And the only reason is, is that the, 
part of the brain that has to do with wakefulness prematurely becomes activated. And, and so you have this, you know, you find yourself knowing that you're dreaming. Yeah, it's fun. I've had it a few times. Have you had it? Yeah, I've had it a few times. Nice. Yeah, I've had it a few times, you know, just meeting people and, and uh, you know, people you would not otherwise meet. And, um, you know, you do a lot of, a lot of fun stuff, flying. You yeah, know, yeah, I, I flew. Did, did you fly? <laughs> I flew. I went through walls. I talked to people. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great fun, you know, um, with uh, with flying and yeah. And these days, you know, people even try to see if they can uh, induce these uh, lucid dreams. Right. So what they do is that they may have you um, wear like glasses. Like I wear these for for my eyes. My eyes are photosensitive for your viewers. You know, I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a mobster. <laughs> okay, but um. So you may wear like goggles like this, and they and you're told like if in your dream if you see lights flashing three times, that means that this is a dream. Be aware that you are dreaming, right? mm. that you are trapped in a dream uh, in a dream right now. And so, you might actually have infiltration of your dream in that way. So you're running around in your dream, this crazy scenario, and then suddenly you see this this light in the in the air, and then you go, okay, this is a you know. So you, you activate the neural circuits that has to do with you knowing that now you're supposed to know that this is a dream. And wow. Yeah, yeah I want to try that out. Yeah. Have you done any studies on the spiritual side of dreaming in terms of the soul, astral projection, any of that? Yeah, it's, it's an interest, interesting question. So I think, I think sleep paralysis itself, and, and um, it's a condition that sort of borders on the whole sort of spiritual because, you know, you find yourself in a state, and I've had more sleep paralysis than the first episode. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you may see an, a copy of yourself hovering over you. So that's very common. Mm. Uh, people see it. They have an out-of-body experience. Right. So you, might, you may have that. And you may also have, like, people talk about angelic figures or demonic figures and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so the question is, what's going on in the brain? And what does it mean? Is it spiritual or not? And, and for me personally, you know, for, like for sleep paralysis, I know that if I take an electrical current, and I stimulate a part of the brain up here that's called the temporoparietal junction, a fancy name for a cluster of cells here. I, you know, stimulate that part of the brain, I disrupt it, and you will literally feel like you're hovering over yourself or you have an out-of-body experience. Or you hmm. might see a ghost even. Wow. So we can mimic some of these things in the laboratory. But does that mean that there is no spiritual reality or that spirituality is, is not real? No. I mean, personally, I am a spiritual person, even as a scientist. Wow, that's rare. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's rare. And, and so I cannot negate the spiritual world, and, I, and we, don't, we shouldn't. But at the same time, we should also not be afraid of tackling these things with science because it's a, it's a tool for us to understand um, the brain, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that the spiritual part is not real. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's very interesting because there's always been that divide with science and spiritual stuff because there's no proof, right? Scientists are all about evidence. Yeah, exactly. Are you spiritual? I would say I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's one of those, thi one of those things that I've always sort of, um, I've thought about a lot and as a scientist. When I had my first sleep paralysis episode, I was like, um, you know, this has to be a ghost. I mean, this has to be <laughs> spiritual. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, it was so real. It felt so intensely real. Right. But at the same time, you know, um, science, thus, you know, you can explain certain things in science. And I, and I think... You know, we should explain it using science when we can, and then there are certain things we can never know fully, and that doesn't mean they don't exist. And, I, and I, it's very valid for me, I mean, as a spiritual person myself. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
you believe dreams have meanings and symbolism within the actual dream? Do dreams have meaning or symbolism? It's, it's a great question. So, all right. So during, during dreams, if you, if, you know, you notice during dreams, everything is uh, crazy, right? As we talked about, lie, you know, people, time, places, everything is, is mixed. Everything is sort of uh, blended. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even your, and one reason for this is that uh, there's a certain neurotransmitter and chemical in the brain that's called noradrenaline which is sort of helps you focus on the world and see the world in a very sort of focused and logical, but also sort of focused way. When that part of that neurons, or the neurons that produce that chemical stop working during the, 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 the dream state. And mm-hmm. so they sort of, you know, recharge, so to speak. And that's why things are spacey and crazy and all that, right? Um, and then at the same time, you have other chemicals that have to do with um, serotonin. Have you heard about serotonin? It's the chemical that has to do with mood. Mm. So that, that is a very, in, very inhibitory uh, chemical, mm-hmm. serotonin. And what it does is that the part of the brain, I'm not too technical, am I, am I Sean? No, you're okay, good. Okay, good. All right, so, so that part of the brain up here, it's, it's, it's sort of the brakes on the brain. It sort of keeps everything in check, right? It makes sure that you don't, you're, when you have emotions in real life, you go about, you know, you, you see a woman you find attractive, you don't just say, oh, my God, I love you, I'm in love or something. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you sort of stay calm and you sort of collect yourself, and that's, that has to do with the inhibitory nature mm. of, of that part of the brain. Now, to, to make it short, during those, that chemical is also not active during that dream stage. And so that's why emotions are so crazy. I mean, emotions are all over the place. Things are ecstatic or things are ter- terrifying, and you know, there's emotions everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's because the emotional part of the brain is not kept in check, okay? So what I'm trying to get at is that you can sort of, by looking at the brain and looking at the fact that you are less focused and things are spacey because of the neuro- neurochemistry, mm-hmm. well, that can explain why things are so mixed, mixed up. The, the, you know, the part of the brain that has to do with a sense of having a body and feeling like I am embodied. Right. You know, I, f- I feel like I'm, bal- I'm balanced and I occupy this body. I don't occupy, you know, Sean's body over there. Yeah. That's actually a part of the brain. If I zap that, you know, if I zap it with an electrical current, I will feel like I'm merging with you. I'll mm. lose that sense of ide- personal identity and, and personhood in that way. Wow. And, sense of bo- and sense of body image. Now, because of that, occasionally you can embody somebody else in your dream. You can, you know, you can embody, you know, Elvis Presley's body. That's fitting here in Vegas, right? So you can yeah. have his body or you can be in a bird's body or you can be in a, you know, uh, not, you know, you can... You could take on different forms, or you mm. can see yourself outside yourself, like a Netflix movie. Right. So the point is that again, neurochemistry—that part of the brain is not working, and therefore the dreams are as they are. And so what I'm getting at here is that all these things explain why the dream world is bizarre. There's mm. a neurochemistry to it, and so you know when you d- dream, your brain sort of has to make a cohesive story out of this. You know, all these neurons firing. Mm-hmm. Right, and and then it cannot use the same structures that it normally would. It can inhibit the emotions. Let me give you a great example. So, have you had that dream, Sean, where you're running and you can't get away? There's this monster chasing yeah. you, and your legs are so all the time, yeah. bloody heavy, right? So, yeah. what's going on in the brain? Well, it turns out that monster represents your fear and the emotional part of the brain. So, the emotional part of the brain is hyperactive, but there's no inhibition from that part that's missing that chemical. Mm. And so you can't get away. You know, you feel like you're st- you, want, you want to run, but you can't. Even the, mo- the part of the brain that has to do with movement is also not getting 
the, the fuel from that chemical. And so you feel like you're trapped. You can't run, but you know, all the emotions are flaring up. So the, all, all the symbolism is going on, and it has to do with, with how the brain is structured. But now you can say you can be even more meta and say, well, it doesn't matter. It can still you know, have a deeper spiritual significance. Just because of my neurochemistry doesn't mean that you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't have a meaning. So you can always project meaning into that if you want to, but I'm getting at there's also a certain, a certain, uh, you know, brain brain uh, brain principles to ex- explain this. Does this make sense, or am I too? Uh, no, it does. I, I've had reoccurring dreams like the one where I can't run or I'm naked, and I've mm-hmm. I've looked up meanings, and it's pretty interesting. That is that your subconscious mind kind of kicking in there? Yeah. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below, and here's the episode, guys. Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of is. I mean, think about it. I mean, even during dreams, you can think of the REM stage of sleep and that dream world as a dream where you update the sense of self, like a software update for your computer just, just for your sense of self. Think about it, like your dreams, you often interact with other people. So it has a great social component. Mm. You know, there's a um, disproportional amount of people in your dreams. And you tend to interact with them in various ways, typically emotional, but it's often negative. So it's mm-hmm. more negative than positive. And the reason is that you're sort of practicing and training for real life because being able to interact with people in a good way and, you know, learning social skills in that way is is it will you know, enhance your survival in the future. Right. So it has that com- component. So it's all about the self and the self being updated. Um, and even with sleep paralysis, which is also a type of a dream, mm-hmm. you know, the demon, when, which, when it comes, it's interested in your soul. Right? Yeah. It's not interested in your Rolex or <laughs> your, you know, your bank account yeah, or yeah. anything. It's going, it wants your soul. And so it shows you that something about the self and the self being sort of recharged and Reconf- you know, reconfigured and, and sort of, uh, it, you know, it's part of that whole, whole um, dream world. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a, big, a big theme. And usually, as I said, negative. Because so mm. it, it's better for your survival chances. If you, sleep, you, if you see yourself like being chased by monsters or interacting with, you know, witches or something like that, well, you may interact, you know, you'll encounter similar negative things in life that you have to learn how to deal with and strengthen your brain for those situations you know, that's... Yeah, that's, interesting. Yeah, yeah. What about people that say they don't remember their dreams or they don't dream? Is it possible for people not to dream at all? It's a great question. So, no, we all dream. We all dream, and we dream during the whole, whole night uh, in the REM stage, of course, mm-hmm. which is only a part of it, so one-third or something like that. But uh, it's not the... So in that part of the, uh, uh, you know cycle of sleep we, we, we all we all have the dreaming going on so for several hours you are you are um, definitely dreaming so the question is you know, what's going on why do some people don't remember their dreams in fact most of us only re- remember a fragment of this final portion of the dream all right so sean might go what's going on how come um and one answer might be that dreams are just too overwhelming mm. that you are using a type of circuitry in the brain that um, is, it's, it's sort of a, what I would call the cosmic circuitry in the brain. It's sort of everything is on steroids, mm-hmm. right? Everything is flirting with everything. Everything is hyper, you know, powerful. Right. And so, and it has so much personal meaning that you want to just go share that kind of stuff with your dreams with people. You want to go and 
you know, say, I saw this dream, and it's like a great visual, uh, you know, poetry. You saw the moon and the sun in your bedroom and all that <laughs> going on, right? But, but for your brain, it might just be too much for you to remember the whole thing. So it seems to have this inhibitory mechanism, a mechanism whereby it sort of shuts down your ability to remember the dreams and, 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 and being able to sort of not to be overwhelmed by them. Mm-hmm. So that is a, a reason uh, this, you know, that, um, that we have that. And in fact, um, and some people, you have, to answer your question, some people um, remember dreams more and, and they may have just be able to, um, uh, maybe they have more fragmented uh, REM sleep, so they go out or in or out of REM more. Right. Uh, let me give you an example. So if you want to remember your dreams for sure, take a big glass of water and drink it before you go to bed. Mm. And so your dreams, you're, you'll be less sort of... Uh, more likely to wake up during REM and remember your dreams during right. the dream stage of, of sleep. But yeah. yeah. I mean, dreams are, dreams are insanely crazy and may even explain something like deja vu people have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do, you, do you have deja vu before? I've definitely had it before, yeah. Yeah, so, so deja vu is this experience. You go, you know, go somewhere and then you, you see this castle for the first time and you go, my God, I mean, I've seen this before. Yeah. It's, you know, I've been here even though I haven't been to the city or something, mm-hmm. you know? And one possibility is that you're, you know, accidentally activating some, some of those areas in the brain that is the dream circuitry of the, of the, uh, of the dream world. You're, actually, you're activating that in wakefulness. And yeah. So that's, um, that's, that's what's going on. Perhaps. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So what about blind people? Oh, Do they dream? Oh, that's, that's, a great, that's a great question. So blind people, it depends on if they were born blind so if you're born blind uh, that means sort of you know your your visual cortex for example may not be completely uh, working visual cortex just means this there's an area of the brain which is the part of your brain that part of the brain processes seeing things vision mm-hmm. and so if you're born with no you know visual cortex with without able to, being able to see anything in that way then you won't dream visually okay? right. so you'll have feelings you feel things in your dreams like hallucinatory sense of uh, what you might call somatosensory hallucinations in your dream or well, you know, feelings. That's scary. Yeah, you have that or you hear things, okay. but you don't actually see things. But if you, were, if you were born being able to see the world, then you know, then you can still, even if you become blind later, you, you will still be able to see. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so do you still experience sleep paralysis or did you sort of find ways to prevent getting it? It's, it's, a, great, it's a great question. So do I, I do still get it, you know, once in a while I will have, you know, sleep paralysis and it will be scary. Uh, I did develop a, a therapy for it and, and sort of it seems to be a promising uh, for treating it. And it's sort of you know, based on this idea that when you're lying there in sleep paralysis, you have a few minutes of, you know, seconds to minutes of conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. So you can almost like manipulate your mental and emotional state. Mm. So I try to do that, do those tricks that I've, developed and it helps me overcome the experience um but yeah i do have it once in a while and i'm able to um to to use it so, wow yeah do you, do you have it also once in a while? I, no i had it once when i was like in high school and i haven't had it since but i know there's some people that get it all the time oh is that right yeah some people have it chronically so yeah i have it like like three or four times uh you know a week so oh I have man it once a day and I can't imagine that. I, I felt like I was dying when I had it. Is that? Yeah. yeah. yeah people will say that. So in our research, I mean, we find that, you know, in, in certain cultures, for example, 
um, you know, people will say that they feel like they're dying and this and there's a demon and that they're being possessed by a demon and mm-hmm. things like that. And so this whole this this whole scary thing around it. Yeah. Yeah, I know you studied the Egyptians, right? And you mentioned they experienced sleep paralysis a lot. Oh, you've done your homework. How do I you have. Know? <laughs> you've done your homework. Cool, Sean. No, so yeah, definitely. So in our research in, in various countries, so I got interested in this when I was sort of, so after I had my own sleep paralysis, I, um, I went to Egypt and I lived there for a while. So I was a student there. Mm-hmm. And I was doing research while I was student, uh, being a student. And then I saw, I thought, well, hold on. Egyptians believe in like the genies from Aladdin. Right. You know? Yeah. So maybe they think sleep paralysis is, is caused by that. <laughs> so I did some research, you know, did some studies. I actually published this uh, and work and later on. And it turned out, yeah, they, they, you know, feel like it's a genie. And in Italy, I did research and it turns out it's like the, it's something like a great, like this, like evil witch mm. or giant cats that attack you. They Interesting. Yeah, and um, in South Africa, it's like the small uh, demons called the Tokolosha demons. Mm-hmm. We discovered that. And in, in Turkey, we found a similar uh, thing that's called the Karabasan. So all over the world, there are, all the, there are these um, explanations for sleep paralysis. And so I was wondering, if you live in a country like Egypt, for example, and you believe it's a ghost, right? It's, it's a switch. It comes at night. It attacks you. It might do all these things to you, right? Does it change the experience itself? Like, does it have an impact on the ex- experiencer versus somebody in Copenhagen mm-hmm. who thinks, no, this is the brain. It's just stress. It's anxiety. I, I, grew, I grew up in Copenhagen. That's where I had my first experience. Right. I, had good ex- I, I know the culture very well, and I know people there. You know, I, I'm, my, I'm Danish myself with Kurdish roots, but... Nonetheless, I know the culture. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, let me compare these two cultures. Okay, so let me, say, let me compare people in Denmark who has sleep paralysis, a person over here, and a person in Egypt. And it turned out, in Egypt, people have much more fear mm. of sleep paralysis. They, first of all, they say this is this genie, this <laughs> evil you know, thing that comes at night. That's yeah. the first thing. Right? Second, they say the episodes last much longer. Mm. So they have this subjective experience of the, the whole thing being so long, you know, so long, and the paralysis is so, it's horrible, and they develop this great fear from it, you know. So it's almost like the whole thing has become become amplified. It's just it's just more than than the normal experience. Right. Um, you can call it ultra normal. And then what's going on then? What happens is that um, later on they may even develop anxiety and, and trauma. It seems, and we found similar things, by the way, in, in Italy, where people think it's a, it's a witch. And so, yeah, you know, it's, scary. Yeah, it's, it's scary stuff. You know, people may even develop, you know, trauma from this. Right. So I'm, you know, PTSD as if you were in war just from, from sleeping. I mean, if I dealt with that once a week, I think I would be traumatized. I mean, think about it. If you are sleeping, right, and you actually really think that there is this ghost coming, you know, attacking you and doing all these kind of things to you. Yeah. You, know, you may, you know, if you really think it's real, you know, one of my, my, colleagues um out in at harvard uh, that i that i work with um he did a great study so you know um a portion of the american population believes that um there's something um similar sleep paralysis although we believe it is sleep paralysis that is sort of space aliens coming down and sort of probing you and doing things yeah, to you and stuff i've like seen that, that right you've seen that okay cool so now it turns out that these people who have sleep paralysis that they explain as space alien abduction, when they listen to the audio tapes, the 
the audio recording of their own explanation of sleep paralysis, what occurs is that their physiological reactions to that audio script of themselves saying, I was paralyzed, and the, the thing came down, and all that, you know, they, their heart rate, their sweating, and everything is comparable to somebody with post-traumatic stress disorder, with trauma. Whoa. Like, literally, there's no difference if the person had sleep paralysis, okay, or went to war. They have sim similar comparable physiological reactions. And that's why I usually say to my students when I'm lecturing or anything, I mean, this might be one of the most fascinating things in entirety of medicine, if not science. I mean, you're, Man. you're sleeping in your bed and you're encountering space aliens, creatures, <laughs> and, you know, seeing a duplicate of yourself hovering over you. Yeah. I've had a copy of Balant hover, hovering over me. Wow. Great conversations. And usually the conversation is, Who's the real me? Is that the Balan up he down here? That you know, yeah. agency and identity is being sort of hijacked, and you're you're sort of fighting for your own selfhood. You know, right. The whole dream thing again, right? So, yeah. So that that is definitely um, something about sleep paralysis. Yeah. No, my first ex ex you know episode just uh, got me hooked. Yeah. You know? So how many times have you had it? Oh man, I've had sleep paralysis a few times. I mean. Few by few, I mean, <laughs> I, no, a lot of times. So I would say overall maybe 100 times, 50. Yep. I, you know, I've Jeez. Had it, I've had it a lot, and I've seen a diff different things, and people have, you know, there, there's an underlying structure to it. There's an underlying th th certain themes that people, you know, for example, they may hear footsteps. That's one of the things that's so creepy. So mm. hearing footsteps or hearing, like, you know, uh, your name being, like, Blan, Whoa! Blan, you know, whispering your name. Yeah, it's crazy, and yeah, and and um, so, but yeah, no. Some of the people that I've seen, some of the patients that I've worked with, you know, I remember this chap um, in the UK who used to have sleep paralysis. Where um, I think it was himself or his sister. So it runs in the family. This genetic component. Hmm. I think he's what might have been his sister who had the creepy one where she was sleeping, and then there was a mirror up up. up Above her, and then she was looking at it and saw her limbs being all. Oh my broken. gosh! Ima imagine that. It's terrifying. It's terrifying, yeah, and um, yeah. So I didn't know it was genetic then. Yeah, it runs in family, so it's another thing. It's genetic. It there seems to be um, a genetic component, and it has to do with the um, genes that regulate regulate your sleep wake cycle. Mm. Meaning that we all, as human beings, tend to sleep on a certain uh, in a certain way, depending on the sun. So when the sun uh, is telling our brain when to feel sleepy and, and go to bed and all that. And so if that gene is sort of out of whack, it's not working as it should, then you're more likely to have sleep paralysis. Wow. Because uh, you sort of, you can't, you know, think about it. It's like sleep paralysis is all about REM sleep, the mm -hmm. stage of sleep where you're paralyzed to protect yourself from acting out your dreams, right? That's the whole idea. So you're paralyzed from head to toe. But if there's a certain gene that makes you more likely to wake up prematurely mentally, during that stage, when that, then you have sleep paralysis. Mm. Or if, even if you drink alcohol, if you're stressed college students, actually stressed, stressed college students have some of the highest rates of sleep paralysis because wow. of their insomnia, alcohol, stress, exams. So they tend to wake up during that stage called REM, uh, stage of sleep called REM, as you know, and then have the episode. Interesting. So, yeah, so that's what it's, what it's about. Yeah. Wow. Dr. Jalal, it's been a pleasure. I've learned a lot. Anything you want to close off with or promote? No, I mean it's it's been great coming out here to Vegas, uh, you know, to, to visit you and if, you know my, if my uh, if if you want to learn about my work, I'm on Instagram and I'm on uh, Facebook 
and uh, on YouTube on Dr. Dr. Balanjalal on all my platforms. Nice. So I don't use social media too much. But, uh, yeah, I got to call you from now on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to it. You also teach a class at Harvard, right? I do. I do uh, research out at Harvard and occasionally lecture. And uh, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. I'll see you next time.